0: Welcome to the Cabin Cast. Your Getaway Primer.
1: Hey, Eric. Hello. Happy summer.
2: Summer is here.
1: I mean, I think we jumped from snow to summer.
2: Yeah. We had a day just recently where the day before was rainy and 50, and then the next day was like 87 and crazy windy. Yes. It was like a hot wind, like being out in the the desert.
1: Well, I know we're both in the middle of baseball right now. So, and I'm still actually in soccer, so you have to keep a bag in the car with bug spray, a raincoat, an umbrella, a snow coat, Sun- sunscreen, a, a sunscreen, yeah. baseball cap. You have to be ready for everything.
2: Yeah, my, my daughter, poor Liv, has probably 25 bad mosquito bites on her. Oh. And this morning she said, it's not fair. My friend went camping and she didn't get bit once. And I just went to the lake for a couple hours and got bit 15 or 20 times. So I know, we've some been people are the, sweeter. Yeah, we've been putting the cortisone cortisone cream on like crazy
1: so do you or sam get bit up
2: uh i don't think either of us are too bad i don't i'm not afraid of a little deep so i just kind yeah. of take the precaution and then not worry about it
1: because i barely ever nothing really ever touches me i never spray anything but then my boys all do so i've heard it's blood type oh that, heard? that's possible
2: i haven't really dove into it but that makes sense
1: We'll have to get a mosquito expert, yeah, to help us know, like, if we should change blood types or what we, yeah, need just to do swap to, your blood out. That's a
2: good <laughs> to, idea. <laughs> to get, not get bites. Tell
1: tell Liv you've got it figured out.
2: Yeah, Liv. Well, the one transfusion, you'll be fine. <laughs>
1: yeah, you'll be able to stay out all day.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, we have a really fun episode today. We have a cabins around the country conversation with Dara from the Roots of Home. She has a cabin in North Carolina and has been a friend of mine over on Instagram. I first met her. She had me, and I'll say this in the intro when we talk to her, but she had me on her blog because June is National Log Cabin Month. And she was sharing cabins around the country several years ago on her blog. And that's also where I first met Penny from Happy Days Farm, who we interviewed on episode 37. She talked about she was the traveling log cabin. Yeah, that was a great one. As they move, she travels, moves her cabin with them. So I hope everybody goes back to listen to episode 37 for that one too. But this is just a really great conversation. Dara shares the history of their cabin and some remodeling they've done with it.
2: And then re re remodeling. Yes. Because of a hurricane, a thousand year storm.
1: Yeah. A thousand year storm. Have you ever been in any like disasters?
2: Yeah. My parents house was hit by, they called it a microburst at the time. And I was actually home when it happened. They were at work with the babysitter. So in Illinois, I was probably in fifth grade, fourth grade, maybe. Um, we were driving back from a practice or school or something, and we saw this wind whipping up across. We parked our truck, and this crazy storm hit. I think a microburst is when two wind fronts collide with each other, and the the air gets pushed down, and it it completely wrecked our. I mean, it it did damaged our apple trees. It took our wagon, threw it out. I think it. There was a lot of shingle damage. It was just a pretty crazy crazy storm that way but that i mean it's kind of tornado ish i think it blew our chimney off it was so strong but it didn't necessarily do horrible damage but it was pretty scary i think we just took off booking it into the house and hunkered down
1: right like didn't know what to do yeah when there were big floods in the midwest in um 2008 we were up all night battling the flooding water coming into our house. Oh,
2: geez. Yeah. And
1: this was before we lived at the cabin when we lived down in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. And we had several of the mechanics for my husband's dealership come over to help. I mean, one of the guys plugged up one of our pipes that was about to burst with my kid's Play-Doh. Oh, geez. And some plastic bags. Oh, so super, keep Play-Doh around. Yeah, yeah. It was like resourceful engineers know, you know what they're going to do and mechanics, but it took like seven or eight adults constantly fighting the water out of the house to keep everything preserved. And after that, I mean a storm, I don't know if you felt this way too, but it it stays with you. Like I used to love rainstorms and it took a long time for me to like rainstorms again after that. Yeah. So this is a, a great interview to hear how they persevered through, through that. So great story. Great interview. And so, if everybody wants to hang around for that after Eric and I get done chatting, they're going to learn a lot from Dara. So, one of the things that she shared, you know, about hand hewn logs and building a log cabin this weekend, I was antiquing with my dad and I came across a magazine. Well, actually, he found it for me. It's a sports afield magazine. And Everybody knows Eric and I love these old magazines. We love the cover pictures. We love the articles and reading them. One of our recent episodes, we shared an ad from, from it for the Campmobile. The Camp
2: Mobile. <laughs> yeah. I'm still looking for one of those right? for my family. <laughs> I know. It
1: would change life to be so fun. Yeah. So this one is from March 1959, and the special feature was how to build a log cabin. So I thought that that would be pretty interesting. I wanted to read a little of this.
2: And I always wonder when you see those articles, how many people actually took the article and then went and built a log cabin from the article without would, YouTube, without all the, right? all the things.
1: I would love to know that. I do have a friend up here in the Northwoods that during quarantine, he and his daughter, who at that time was a middle schooler, they went deeper into their land and they built a little log cabin.
2: Oh, cool. We should get some pictures of that if we right? can. Yeah. That's super cool.
1: They, I thought, what a fun thing to do during quarantine together. Yeah. So maybe they use this article, is there? Yeah. I'll have to check. You'll have to check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pages are yellowed. The other great thing about these articles is, and why I wanted to read it is just because it's beautiful writing. It's beautiful. So the man came across the valley and into the pines and strode out and up until the afternoon sun was full in his face. The pack mule, following close behind, labored under the weight of the heavy burden as the trail edged upward and grew steadily steeper, then leveled off on a bench and swung back into a great cove. Where a little knoll rose up in a clump of pines, the man paused and picketed the mule. He took a swing across the cove and down by the all-weather spring that was flowing even in this dry summer season. Again, he swung about the knoll, seeing its quantity of young pine that would make logs that could be handled by one man." He measured the height of the knoll with his eye and noted that it was high enough to insure against possible high water, yet was well protected from the storm of the hills that surrounded the cove, as well as the heavy stand of timber that fanned out in every direction, and this was near the center of the trap line he planned to tend. While midnight stars wheeled overhead and the fire burned low, the man hunched in its flickering glow. He had dragged a quantity of burned-out ash from the fire and spread and leveled it with a stick. Carefully he drew and planned the cabin and multiplied by four the estimated average size of the logs available. And before he slept, he knew the number of wall logs that would be needed to build his forest home. The man rose in the early dawn and fanned the dull coals to a blaze and prepared his breakfast. He picketed the mule in the lush growth below the spring and taking his axe moved to the knoll. He cleaned leaves and loose dirt away from the crowns of the trees where the cabin was to stand and cut them close in against the earth. When the area was cleared, he raked away the leaves and, using the bit of his axe, leveled the site and dug back the loosened earth and packed the floor area with a tamping stick until it was smooth and hard. He then went into the forest and cut four white oaks for ground logs, measuring them with the notched axe handle and cutting the end logs 12 feet long and the side logs 16 feet. He dragged the ground logs to his cleared site and rolled in four large stones from the branch below the spring. He placed the stones and rolled the ground logs and, using a water-filled flask as a level, dug in the cornerstones until the framework was level. He marked the logs and rolled them back and notched them, then rolled them together again. It was now time to square the foundation. And it goes on and tells how he did this. One man building his log cabin. With an axe. With an axe and his mule.
2: And his mule. I don't think my
1: friends had the mule.
2: They didn't have a mule. I, maybe, maybe they had an axe. They had a Kawasaki mule.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? Yes. Yes, they probably drove the four-wheeler in, but you're right. I wonder how many people actually went and and took this article along with them and sat under the stars and multiplied by four to see how many logs they would need.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a great exercise in your mind just thinking about doing that. The Cabin Cast is brought to you by Roughing It In Style. On The Cabin Cast, we talk a lot about making memories, but what makes a home or getaway more likely to create those cherished times? The Interiors team at Roughing It in Style is here to help you find that perfect memory-making balance in your home. The balance between gathering and privacy, form and function, relaxation and entertaining. We have two showrooms stocked with furniture, decor, and lighting. Our up north store is in Harshaw, Wisconsin, 10 miles south of Manaqua. And our Out West store sits on the doorstep of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. Find out more and plan your visit today at roughingitinstyle.com. We thought about building a little cabin back in the woods on our property and just as something fun, as an exercise. But uh, probably wait till the kids are a little older, the boys are older and lives older to help me instead of just say it's I'm tired. This is boring. Yes,
1: <laughs> I actually made a comment to my kids this weekend because my oldest is graduated from college this last week and on her own now, and my youngest is a seventh grader, uh, well, about to be eighth grader, so he's thirteen. And boy, are they helpful now? Oh yeah, they're putting the boats in. They're doing all. Brian and I can just sit back now. Life is
2: easy. Things are good. Yeah.
1: I'm going to send you a picture just waving on yeah. the dock, you know, and you're over there waiting for the moment that you get the help.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, right now we're in a little different stage <laughs> than you are. So, yeah. that's what my son Magnus, they were out catching frogs and toads. And my wife kept saying, Be gentle, be gentle. And Magnus said, uh, How do you know his name is gentle? <laughs> one oh, of the toads. Oh, <laughs> that is
1: so cute. Yeah. This is one of the great things telling the stories on here because. Then they're preserved, you get to remember them. Yeah. You'll be like, I know there was an episode where I talked about what that frog's name was.
2: Oh, for sure. You
1: have to go through a thousand episodes to yeah. find it, but
2: well and on my my birthday was on Monday. Yeah.
1: Oh. And, well, happy birthday.
2: Or, yes. Yeah, Monday. And on Memorial Day and the a tree had fallen down at our lake. So we went down to the lake and a tree fell down. So I got the chainsaw and then I start looking around and there's two more rotten trees. So (laughs) it's like spent probably three or four hours cutting trees up at the lake while the kids were playing and doing all the stuff. And we were just picking up sticks and we had a little campfire going to just burn up all the twigs and the sticks from the storms that we had this spring. And I can't imagine building an entire log cabin with an ax. It's hard enough (laughs) with a chainsaw to cut through some of these trees. And, you know, I'm not, I'm definitely not, you know, a lumberjack, but <laughs> it's just, you know, the chainsaw, it's running out of gas, got to put the oil in and then, you know, being super careful. I got those nice chainsaw pants on, which are super hot where right. if you accidentally hit your leg, it binds it up and kind of protects you.
1: Oh, those are good to have.
2: And uh, it, it was actually really fun and great exercise, you know, yeah. you're moving logs all over and uh yeah, just a good time.
1: It's, it's purpose. Yeah. And that, You know, I love saying earn your Saturdays. You earned your Memorial Day and your birthday for for the work. But also, I think it's such a great example to our kids to see the hard work and to do it together and show that it can be fun. Like we can hang out here and get this done. And
2: yeah. And it was the first time we busted out. We have that one of those big uh, foam pads, right, that go on the water and it's yellow. So the kids call it the cheese.
1: And <laughs> of course, in so, Wisconsin. Yeah, we
2: got the cheese out and they were playing on the cheese the whole time while I was cutting up wood.
1: I mean, that's just a blissful day right there. I mean, when we talk about at the end of our episodes, those perfect cabin days, that one probably would be right up there, you yeah. know, because the whole family's together. The laughter that you hear with the kids playing on the cheese.
2: Yeah. Right. For sure.
1: Yeah, drowns out the chainsaw. and Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah,
2: at some point, I'm like, I'm sure the neighbors are tired of hearing a chainsaw going, but that's kind of a nonstop thing in the Northwoods. There's always something going on with a chainsaw or leaf blower or
1: Uh
2: gunshots in the background. Something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, speaking of great times with our kids, my son, Brooks, who's the 13-year-old, he'll be 14 next month somehow. We love listening to music, and right now is the time when we put the windows down and put the the music tunes up and he started playing a song for me the other day that I was like, what, what song is this? I love this. And now we're listening to it over and over and over again. So I was like, I got to share this with our cabin cast followers and with you, Eric. So it's called horses are faster. So it's not a new song, but um, it's one that I think everybody's going to love and then continue to follow along with Ian Munsick.
2: Yeah. So Ian Munsick and this is a fantastic song. This is from his 2017 EP and breathing fresh Rocky mountain air into the Nashville music scene. Ian Munzik is pioneering a new brand of country. The Wyoming born singer songwriter's upbringing was a mix of working the ranch and working crowds under the tutelage of their fiddle playing father Munzik and his two older brothers grew up playing everything from bluegrass to the Beatles incorporating elements across genres. He now has begun to establish himself as a progressive artist with an old soul. Captivated by traditional lyrical truth and the modern sound sa- soundscape, Munsik followed his ear to Music City. So this is Horses Are Faster with Ian Munsik. <laughs>
1: That's a great song. And everybody needs to pull it up because there's a surprise in a little bit after that. At the end? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, That's a good song. So we'll link to that in the show notes.
1: Hey, it's Kristen. I'm here to tell you about White Arrows Home. White Arrows Home is a lifestyle brand that shares a warm and cozy mix of design ideas, inspirational style, and personal journeys from the backdrop of the Wisconsin Northwoods and my lakeside log cabin home. I love sharing daily inspiration for you on my blog, through social media, and in my shop. At White Arrow's Home, you can shop in person in the store, but also online from anywhere. You'll find a mix of antique, vintage, and new furniture, accessories, and gifts carefully curated to fit our brand of classy cabin and cottage decor, campy style, and always a heavy sprinkling of plaids. New products come in the shop daily with decor that will let you bring Northwoods living into your own home and style spaces that are inviting, beautiful, and make family and friends want to linger longer.
2: one of the things the kids were talking about when we had our campfire going, of course comes up is s'mores right away. So I found a really cool article from wine enthusiast magazine. Not that I read it very often, but the, the article is really great. So this is six ways to pair s'mores with wine, beer and booze. So
1: I I want this article. Yes,
2: Yeah. So we'll link this one to the show notes too. So, the first one that comes up is Brachetto acqui. I don't even know a dry red wine and chocolate are a popular combination, but uh this sweet dessert wine deserves love too. He suggests to pair s'mores with a sparkling Riocetto de from Piedmont region of Italy. So you got to have the region too with your s'mores. It's just quaffable, he says. Something you can take to the beach or the pool and quaff away at oh, the beach or the pool.
1: I've never thought about quaffing away.
2: Yeah, you could quaff at the beach or the pool with your bruschetta. So. I wonder
1: if this trend will, you know, go across the ocean too to Italy. I wonder if they'll start having s'mores, s'mores with there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The next one is New World Chardonnay. New World Chardonnays, especially ones produced in cooler climates and coastal areas, offer great richness and balanced acidity, which is a key element when looking to pair wine across a variety of foods, says Tracy Shepo's Tsunami, Chef de Cuisine at Jackson Family Wines in Sonoma. You might want to swap in dark chocolate. Using dark chocolate keeps the flavor components of the s'more and the Chardonnay much more complimentary. The next one is a porter. If you see beer alongside your s'mores, grab a porter. Its spiced chocolatey notes make it an ideal pairing. There's actually, I saw a porter um, when I was doing some research and there's a pour me some more from the brewery, which is an online beer. It's a porter, which is sounds interesting. So you could do a s'more beer with that. So pretty cool. Uh, The next is Rosé of Pinot Noir. In Rosé, you get Pinot soft and subtle aromas and the grapes can make Rosé very versatile, earthy, but also cool, crisp and dry. The bright acidity and fruit notes accentuate the summer treat. Now I'm getting into the things I would probably have with yep. bourbon, a bourbon barrels, toasted stave creates notes of vanilla, caramel, and baking flavors. Says Bailey, that these same flavors are also found in roasted marshmallows. So when you pair bourbon with s'mores, you're getting this wonderful combination of natural vanillas in both products. Simply drink bourbon on the rocks. That's going to open it up and you should really be able to nail down some of those wonderful flavors. And the last one is scotch for possibly the most intense s'more pairing. Try scotch, often aged and used bourbon barrels. He says you'll get more malty notes, which pair even better with the graham cracker. Scotch is also going to have a little bit of that peatiness, so you get the tiniest bit of smoke. Depending on the amount of char you like on your marshmallows, it could complement your spirit. Set those marshmallows ablaze and opt for dark chocolate. Because scotch has the peatiness, I recommend a darker chocolate, just because you really don't want either the s'more or your scotch to overwhelm the other. So darker chocolate's really going to help stand up to the scotch.
1: This changes everything.
2: Does it though?
1: Yeah. And it takes them, you know, one of the things we talk about in this episode in conversation with Dara is that you can mix classy and rustic. And that's what this article does.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I just have to decide which one of these is best for my kids to pair with there.
1: Well, then which one goes with the kitty cocktail? Yeah. That's the question.
2: Exactly. Oh,
1: we got to add that one in.
2: Yeah. So pretty cool article. And it just, if you guys have any things that you love to have with your s'mores, I, I think a lot of the things are just whatever you're having around the campfire ends up pairing well <laughs> yeah. with s'mores. I haven't Especially gotten
1: later in the evening. <laughs> yeah.
2: I've never dumped my beer out to grab a different type of beer to no. go with, with whatever no. s'more I'm this, having. This it's kind of change
1: things. It might be a fun way to like invite people over too.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, and then the, the last article in s'mores that I found one more is Kind of in the same vein, but these are things you should be adding to your s'mores, but aren't. Oh, okay. So the first one is bananas and peanut butter.
1: I haven't done that yet. haven't
2: done that one. I don't really like bananas, so peanut butter would be good, though. Yeah. Bacon.
1: I think bacon... I think think my family would like that.
2: Yeah, I don't know if anyone has said bacon. I don't think bacon would work. Bacon's always like, we can fit that, figure it out, put it in. Especially at the the
1: county fairs, right? (laughs) Yeah, deep fried bacon,
2: triple fried. Yeah, so bacon s'mores would for sure work. And they say, okay, this could be a controversial ingredient. I don't think it's controversial at all. I think it's it makes sense. Cinnamon is another one. Oh yeah, cinnamon that makes it healthy too. Yeah, you put in cinnamon on and a little nutmeg, and you're good to go. (laughs) Peanut butter cups. That one is totally. Yeah, we've done that one. Then crushed nuts, which is interesting. So I imagine you'd have to like get the marshmallow really gooey first, and then sprinkle it on. Otherwise, I mean, when you do the squeeze, it's just going to be a disaster.
1: Yeah. There are so many fun things to put on it though, so those are some great ones to add to it.
2: Yeah, chocolate chip cookies. I've seen that one before.
1: We always use cookies as our instead of graham crackers. Yeah,
2: and you can even make graham cracker cookies to get the graham yeah. cracker flavor. Oreos, that's another one on here, sliced strawberries, salted caramel. Ooh, that sounds good. White chocolate.
1: Hey, this is not fair.
2: Coconut flakes. Are you just getting hungry right now? Well,
1: we're recording in the morning this time. Know, if it was night, just, I'd be going home.
2: Know, to make it. To make l- s'mores. It, the last one Lucky Charms. That's an interesting one. Oh
1: my gosh. I guess they're already kind of a marshmallow.
2: Yeah. They'd take, you'd have to get a really tiny stick to roast the Lucky Charms <laughs> marshmallow. It's like a toothpick. Your hand would probably get burnt. Right. Uh, Nutella. That one's, oh yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, my son Magnus it keeps trying to convince me that Nutella is healthy because. You know, yeah. so I make them put a little peanut butter on, even though that's not super healthy either. But peanut butter has more protein, right? But Nutella is—I mean, let's be real here, people. It's basically chocolate frosting. It is for sure.
1: My first time I ever had Nutella was life changing. I was in Paris in college, and you remember where them. you were? Oh, yes. the First time you had Nutella at that's the crepe awesome. stand. Yeah. So every day I had to have a Nutella crepe, and this was when you didn't see it in the grocery store everywhere. Yeah. And now it's one of my kids. You know, what do we need from the store this week, guys? Nutella.
2: Yeah, it's okay. a go-to. We used yeah. to have it. Australia doesn't do American style peanut butter. So when I studied abroad in Australia, it was like Nutella. And then I had my parents mail some peanut butter. We never knew that. In a gift thing. So huh. uh, lemon curd. That's an interesting one.
1: Yeah.
2: Any home chef will tell you that making a lemon curd can be tricky. I don't even know what it is. Making it at home typically requires a double broiler.
1: I it, just buy it.
2: I don't even know what it is.
1: Like, if you have a, a lemon curd in a little custard cup, it's, okay. it's delicious.
2: And is it? Would I've never it thought about putting it
1: on my s'more. I have to think about that. But yeah. it's one of my favorite things in the summer.
2: Yeah. So that was the last one. But that super great article. We'll link to that one, too. And if you guys out there have anything that you add to your s'mores that isn't in this list, please share it with us. And, and we would we will definitely try it.
1: Or your wine and, or cocktail of yeah, cocktail. pairings,
2: Yeah. Or just a crazy combination. I mean, it's starting to extrapolate out that there's some millions of combinations of s'more and alcohol available uh, to the American public
1: and the different flavors of marshmallows to do too. Yeah. There's all different flavors and sizes of marshmallows. So the creativity is wide.
2: Yeah. So, well, uh, great.
1: Well, let me know next time we talk, what kind of s'mores uh, you've tried since
2: combinations. Yeah. Yeah. It'd probably be the classic, the big three, but we'll, we'll see what we can add to it.
1: That's right. Well, thanks so much, everybody. Be sure to share this episode with your family and friends. Share it on your social media. Pass the word about the Cabin Cast. Welcome to today's episode of the Cabin Cast. We're so excited to have another Cabins Around the Country conversation with Dara of the Roots of Home, where she blogs and shares on Instagram about life in their log cabin. She's creating home with her husband and four kids with DIYs, thrifting vintage finds, repurposing, and easy recipes. They've been renovating their log home in the wake of Hurricane Florence and some serious flooding. So we're excited to hear her story today. Welcome, Dara. How are you?
0: Thanks. I'm great and so glad to be here with you.
1: This is fun because we kind of met in quotation marks online. There's so many people that are have become such good friends and you're one of them. Years ago, right, when I first started blogging because you were sharing about log cabin month. And you were doing a blog post, and you asked me to tell my story. And now I get to pay the favor back by asking you to tell yours. So I'm so excited to get to talk to you this way today.
0: I'm excited, too. That's a good memory. Isn't
1: it? I know. So Log Cabin Month is in June, correct?
0: Yes. Yep. So, And I just tried to make it special to kind of spotlight different log cabins around that uh, people that I'd met on Instagram or had found on Instagram and just try to highlight the history and the beauty of log cabins.
1: So we have a lot of the same passions. And we will link in the show notes to your blog and your Instagram feed. And that way people can go back and read past years' stories of the different log cabins. But can you share a little history about your log cabin?
0: Well, we actually became log cabin owners by accident. Uh, We weren't necessarily looking for one, but it was what uh, we found at the time when we were looking for our family for a, a home on land. And the house had been just sitting empty for a couple of years, so it needed a lot of work. And it was built in 1988, so we ended up doing a lot of work on it. We put a new roof on, and a lot of the stonework outside still needed to be finished. And then everything inside needed renovation. So we just got to work on that. And we kind of had a five-year plan on how to renovate it. And we just got to work on that. And it got interrupted, didn't
1: it? (laughs) Your plan got interrupted? Yeah, it got
0: interrupted. (laughs) Yeah. By 2018, we made like so much progress that we were able to host a, a wedding and a a large 50th anniversary party for my parents, and you know, it was like perfect, everything was going just according to plan. But then in September of 2018, we got hit by Hurricane Florence, and it was just an unbelievable amount of water that that hurricane dumped in our area. And it so it ended up flooding the house, and uh-huh. it was very shocking because you know, nothing like that had ever happened. And, in the area and it was actually classified as a 1,000 year flood. So a very rare event, but it got us that year.
1: Yeah. I know we were, I was following along with you during all of that, you know, with, with all the celebrations and parties and your plan for your house. So as people scroll back through your Instagram, they'll be able to see those beautiful photos from that time. And then that, you know, disaster and how that set you back so sh- yeah. share with everybody where you are now then.
0: So we have almost fully recovered. We are, we put in new flooring. We had just done uh wide plank pine flooring throughout the house. So we are almost finished with that again. <laughs> and we just oh, no. finished a huge um, kitchen renovation and we've got, bathrooms done all except for one it's funny my master bathroom or me our uh, primary bathroom is what I call rustic glam and it's probably (laughs) a little bit strange for a log cabin but we did it ourselves and we did marble tile so it's a very glam bathroom but it has the rustic log cabins and I love the, uh, the rustic logs in it, and uh, so I love the contrast of the
1: two together. I'm glad you mentioned uh, that because I think so many people that you know dream about having their log cabin. It's fun to have people kind of reassure them that they can be creative with it. I know Eric spends a lot of time on that with his business, and I do as well. That there's so many ways to decorate a log cabin, and I love that you just shared that modern uh, that cabin glam. <laughs> That's great. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and sometimes that contrast between, you know, the really rustic and, and those upscale details, I mean, really sets the house. It, it makes it really special, sets it apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we're just looking at the pictures here, that tile works beautiful in the bathroom that you did.
1: It's amazing how many of the things you do yourself too, right? You and your husband do a lot of the work yourself. We
0: do.
2: And, um, and do you guys have a background in construction and remodeling?
0: Not professionally but he is an engineer who is good at a lot of things (laughs) and then our parents have taught us a lot of stuff along the way
1: awesome yeah i know one thing that i've noticed over the past two years for my husband now i feel like I i can ask him to maybe not put in marble floors and things but the more you attempt and try things you find out, wow, I can do this. And there's so much online to help teach you, or like you said, your parents are out there to help you. So I think, you know, it's great to hear that being brave and trying things, putting that work into your house,
0: yeah. Yeah, and asking people for some instruction and YouTubing things, (laughs) figuring things out. And that's a lot of what I try to share on my Instagram and on on the blog is, Things that we have figured out with log homes, like if you need to take a wall down, how do you patch the joint where there's a hole in the logs now, or um, how to rechink something, or how to recover from a flood. <laughs> yes. um, so uh, that's a lot of what we share. What we try to share.
1: Well, you're gonna, you're a great resource then for cabin owners. That is wonderful. I I think everybody's gonna. Be looking to you for, for ideas because those are those are big questions, especially when your house may be older and you want to preserve it and do it the right way. It's neat to see you guys are, are doing that.
2: And ha- have you guys been living in the house the whole time while you've been doing all this remodeling?
0: We moved out for about six months, I think, right after the flood because it really wasn't livable. Sure. With the, the floors were taken out. So it was just straight down to the basement
2: nothing. Oh wow, all the way so, through the subfloors and everything. Yeah. Wow.
0: So, after that, we were able to move back in once it got sealed up and finished.
1: Your perseverance is really remarkable too because it would have been tempting to say, you know what? Never mind. I after the flood like, let's just do something different. But you guys stuck with it and um, are seeing <laughs> seen the benefits of it. Are there things that you did differently the second time around.
0: We we perfected our floor installation a little bit more. That was one thing we uh, we learned. Like the first time we did just straight boards, and then the second time we did tongue and groove, and which was much easier. So that was one thing that we learned uh, how to do better. And thankfully, we had not started the kitchen renovation. That was. The next thing that we were going to start right before the flood. So it still had the old kitchen. And that, I think that took a lot of the sting out of it because had we had a brand new kitchen after all of that work and then had to redo it, that would have been a lot worse. But as it is, uh, yeah, we just finished the kitchen now.
1: And your cabin is in Leland, North Carolina, right? Yes. And so
0: what? We are kind of a coastal cabin.
1: Oh, that's a cool way to describe it, too. What makes your
0: area interesting? We are very close to the beaches of Wilmington, North Carolina, and also the Cape Fear River. So it offers a lot of opportunity to be outside on the water and in nature. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, and your cabin's surrounded by such beautiful nature, and your pictures are beautiful. Everybody's going to enjoy looking at them. You told me a cool story about a recent trip to Tennessee, and you learned something about your cabin. Can you share that with everybody?
0: Yeah. We were road tripping to Tennessee for a family vacation, and we just happened to drive past the company that designed and built our cabin. I recognize the name, side of the factory. And we stopped in and talked to them and showed them pictures of our cabin and our logs. And it was interesting because we've always been told that it was a hand-hewn cabin, that the logs were hand-hewn. But we just always assumed with the amount of logs that it was, that it was probably done by a machine to just look hand-hewn. But uh, after showing them pictures and they looked at the age of the cabin and the logs, they said, oh, no, it was definitely hand-hewn by a team of guys with axes. So it just brought a lot more meaning to the to the logs that we see every day because it's amazing to think someone stood with that log on the ground and you chopped every little mark into these cabin logs so it was really very interesting that is interesting
1: it makes you even more proud to have preserved it and worked on it so hard too and just knowing the history
0: exactly and the history of the house and appreciating what it is and all of the work that has gone into it in the past is one of the things that has kept us going in our renovations to to keep trying and keep keep honoring what it is.
1: Exactly. Well, and I just want to tell you congratulations because you were just mentioned in Log and Timber Home Living as a favorite follow on Instagram. So congratulations for that. You were just in their recent magazine. So, Thank congratulations you. Yeah, on the honor. With you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a big honor and fun um, to see our friends in there. They are a great resource for cabin owners as well, the Log and Timber Home magazine and online cabin living. So, great partners. So, what what do you love about living in a cabin?
0: I love the beauty of the wood, surprisingly. <laughs> Everywhere you look, is something interesting to look at. The kids and I, when they were little, we would look at the knots and see different animals or, you know, oh, this one looks like a duck or this one looks like a chicken or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I just appreciate um, all the work that has gone into building it and and the beauty of the wood itself.
1: Yeah, I think I feel the same way about mine. And you're right; you do see little animals and <laughs> pictures in the logs when you when you look at them. That's a, you know, if, if families are traveling to a cabin that's full log has, you know, log walls they can see on the inside. What a great way to like close out the evening looking at the logs and what pictures can they find. That's a fun idea.
0: Oh yeah, we can always find animals or anything in the in the wood grain and in the the not
2: And it looks like on your blog, too, you do a lot of repurposing and finding different antiques and and things. Talk a little bit about how bringing some of those vintage items and antiques and repurposing them has made, you know, it really fits in with your, you know, more rustic home.
0: I just appreciate history of all kinds. And so I enjoy filling the house with uh, pieces that are from various times. The older, the better for me. So I have a big mix of primitive items and mid-century modern items that I've found and refurbished. I just like the history that it brings into the house, the interest that it adds to the whole house. And it doesn't look like I just went in and bought everything in a set at our house. So it's just the style that I've prefer to, <laughs> to bring in to just have something um more interesting i guess you've
1: built a story with your house you know it tells the story of history and the things that you love and like you said with your bathroom blending those styles also works with all those different periods of time you know the mid-century and the primitive can work together beautifully
0: I think it's because I like it all and I can't figure out which style I like better. So I've just decided to mix them all.
2: Yeah. Well, you're doing a great job. It looks fantastic.
0: Yeah. We often
1: say that we make room for the things and people that we love. So when you pull all those things together because you love them, it can work beautifully. So how do you spend, this is the question we always like to ask at the end of our episodes. How do you spend your favorite cabin day?
0: Well, we have a lot of um, friends and family that visit, especially during the summer. So I guess our favorite cabin day, our perfect cabin day would be starting with coffee on one of the porches. A lot of our friends like to sit and read a book or something on the porch in the mornings, And then I like to make a big breakfast with our fresh chicken eggs. And Then we would head to the beach for the afternoon. It's not too far from here. And then we would uh, head back home to the cabin and our favorite dinner would be a flounder and shrimp dinner. We always catch our own flounder and freeze it for the, for the year. And if it's not too hot out, we would love to eat on our big porch table and um, just enjoy the evening outside. And then after dinner, we always like to hang out in the living room and visit and we play board games or do puzzles. And then that that would pretty much be the perfect day here at the cabin. I think I want to join
1: you. Yeah, that sounds great. It <laughs> sounds wonderful. And knowing what your big porch looks like, I can definitely envision wanting to sit there and have coffee and gather around that beautiful big table. But I think the other thing you've said that's so interesting and different than other people we talk to, you know, so many people are, cabins are in the woods or the lake or the mountains, but that yours is close to the beach is a really fun twist on cabin ownership and really fun. Yeah, there are not very many log cabins in our area. (laughs) That makes it even more special.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. It's always a surprise.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We were so excited to have you share your story with our listeners and they can all continue to follow along with your journey as you continue to remodel your your cabin and learn a lot from you.
0: Thanks so much for having me. It was really nice to talk to you.
2: Thank you.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Cabin Cast. You can find details and more information in the show notes on our website at www.thecabincast.com. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you won't miss a single episode. Follow us on your favorite social media channels. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Cabincast. We'd also love to hear from you. We want to hear your getaway and cabin stories. For a chance to have your story featured on an upcoming episode, Email us at getaway com. Until next week, enjoy the journey.